afternoon, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers, proud partner of the LA Rams. I'm JB Long, joined as always by Maurice Jones-Drew and DeMarco Farr. We're also expecting Andrew Siciliano shortly. Uh, he's on another work-related call, but we expect him to join the panel uh, as he's able to. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you for being here. Great to be here, JB. Look at that tie. Look at that. I see. I have work. I have work later on. I'm sorry. I didn't feel like wearing Rams and then changing again. You know. Thanks for uh, shoehorning us into your schedule, both of you. Uh, the initial, and I mean initial, 53-man roster has been set. In fact, the Rams already practiced with that group this morning. So we'd like to take a look at each and every position group, and we thought we would attack it draft style, where mm. each uh, person gets to pick the position group to react to that he feels uh, most passionately about and the decisions that the Rams made within. So, DeMarco, if you don't mind, I'm going to give you the honor. You can start anywhere you'd like, and we'll follow your lead. Oh, my God. There's so much to choose from. Uh, Quarterbacks, interesting. Perkins is interesting. Um, You know, I'll I'll go with the one that's still kind of up in the air for me. I'll go with outside linebackers. Um, You kept Leonard Floyd, obviously. Uh, Hollins is going to be the the year starters. Obo Okoronko is going to be the key backup, I guess. And then beyond the, the three that we knew, Chris Garrett, uh, who had a great game, great preseason versus the Raiders, has made the club. Um, So he is slotted as your third right side outside linebacker. And then Terrell Lewis, uh, a guy who we haven't seen that much of uh, in preseason or we want to see more out of, uh, made the club. So I guess they're banking on him being a slow healer. Uh, but, you know, if he does get healthy, you, you see what he looks like and he's got all the tools. He's the guy you really want on your football team looks good getting off the bus, but that's still a surprise for me. But that's that's the first one that jumps out. I mean, I'm surprised by that. I, I thought we'd see some change over there, but, uh, you know, Lewis and – or, excuse me, uh, Floyd and Hollins to start and then Oboe off the bench, and we'll see where Lewis and Garrett figure in. But, yeah, uh, I, I still – I'm not sure if you got any better than, than last season than you are right now, but that's the one that jumps out at me right now. You know, I had to remind myself, DeMarco, that this time last year, Justin Hollins wasn't on anyone's radar, right? Yeah. Except maybe Brandon Staley's. And now he's a starter opposite Leonard Floyd, that position. So perhaps a lot can change here in the next 24 hours or so. Also took note of the fact that Justin Lawler was the star of preseason one against the Chargers, right? We were all so high on him and then didn't hear much from him thereafter. So I'll take it as a good sign that the Rams feel better than maybe necessarily we do right now about the options that they have there if they can go forward without Justin Lawler's contributions. Um, but you're right. Lewis's knee, Obo Okoronkwo's stinger, potentially has him starting the year on injured reserve. And then Chris Garrett's inexperience. I mean, he's played in, what, a small handful of preseason games across the last two calendar years. A lot of uncertainty here at outside linebacker. That being said, though, the Rams had just as much uncertainty last year on the edge, didn't they? And ended up with the NFL's consensus number one defense. That's what I mean. I, I looked at notes from last year, and they're the exact same for this year. Like, yeah. wow, where are you going to get pressure off that right edge? I hope it's Oboe. Now I hope it's Oboe and Garrett, uh, because I think Hollins is your mixed down guy. Uh, first and 10, second and short, you definitely want him on the on the field because he can hold the point and keep that outside hand free, keep contained. But as far as pass rushing, it's going to be a revolving door until you find a guy that's going to be your everyday guy. And I'll say this about Chris Garrett. doesn't have a ton of experience, but he knows where that quarterback sets up, and he can get yeah. there in a hurry. So as long as you keep maximizing the pluses and minimizing the negatives, I think he has a chance to be a player this year. It's the Aaron Donald yeah, that you can go thin with that group. 
Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, we're not really asking much from those outside guys either, right? We're asking you to set an edge against the running game and then be able to try to bend the corner while Aaron down, don't allow the quarterback to escape outside. So we're not asking you to be this dominant pass rusher to win and two-way goes or anything like that. So you can go with some younger guys because it's pretty simple there. Now, if it's someone that if we don't have Aaron Donald, we need you to create a little bit more pass rush on the outside, I think then, yes, we may be looking for someone else. But for right now, I think you can develop some of these guys as the season goes along to get going. And maybe Justin Hollins has a little bit more in the tank to rush the passer. I mean, he really didn't get a lot of opportunities last year because we were still shifting. We were rotating guys. The Rams were rotating guys every, what, couple plays trying to figure out who could set an edge, especially against the Niners last year and so far. MJD, let's go back to you. The board is yours. Pick a position group and take us through it. Well, I'm going to go with the safety position. Um, I, I think the preseason really solidified this group. Uh, I believe first you have obviously Taylor Rapp, uh, Fuller. Those are your starters. I think Terrell Burgess is a great pickup. He'll be your big nickel. I think in, in your sub packages, when you want to go more athletic, he'll drop down and play that Mike Backer, the same as John Johnson did last year. But to see Juju Hughes, J.R. Reed go out there and make plays. I mean, that that's huge. Obviously, you have your special teams demon as well. Um, is I just I just lost his name. Give Nick it to Scott. me, JB. Yeah, Nick Scott, who's gonna be he'll come in, he'll give you some defensive reps too, but he's mainly there for to be that special teams guy. But it shows me that the Rams are comfortable. If you can do their scheme the right way and you can play well in games, they're comfortable keeping you, right? All we heard in the last couple games, Juju Hughes making big time breakups against number ones. Right. Going in, he knocked the ball out against uh, the Chargers when they were throwing the ball to uh, Josh Palmer. Right. Makes a big play there. Gets a J.R. Reed or they get an interception. They're just constantly around the ball. Mm -hmm. So you have to try to find a way to keep those guys. I think also they're there. A lot of these guys on the back end of these uh, the depth are going to be core special teamers. Right. Guys, they got to run down on kickoff. Guys, they got to be kickoff return guys. So I'm excited to see what the bottom half does uh, via special teams. Now, we talk about the starters. Fuller needs to continue to be that free safety, that that high guy to get interceptions, roam the middle of the field. I want to see Taylor Rapp be a little bit more aggressive in the open field, not miss as many tackles as we saw the last couple of years before he got banged up. And then Burgess. I want to see you healthy because last year when he was playing, when he was healthy, we were we were all raving about how he could mm -hmm. play. He's a guy that could cover tight ends. He was a guy that can kind of move around and be your joker piece. Um, and so I think you'll see more of a John Johnson role for him. And I think it allows this, this secondary to be a little bit more versatile to have more guys on the field. DeMarco, I feel like you wanted to tack on there at safety. Uh, I just He said something. I, I didn't know what he meant. W what's a kickoff? I don't know what that is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Are we still doing that in today's NFL? Well, as long as, <laughs> as, long as uh, uh, Matt Gay is kicking the ball out of the back of the end zone, we should be fine, right? Like well, if, you can play in, if you can play in Denver every week, great. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> It, uh, it leads me to my pick for our next position group, which is special teams. And the biggest question I have on the roster right now is with the loss of Raymond Calais, who is your kick returner? Uh, maybe that's not the most important role, but I don't get the sense that it's Sutu Atwell. Maybe it's Jake Funk. It's not a major lingering question, but it is one that I'll be curious to see how it resolves itself between now and opening night. Um, okay, Johnny Hecker. We need to talk about uh, one of the longest standing Rams and the fact that Look, we're, we're supposed to keep our emotions and our personal preferences out of this, but I think I speak for all of us that we are glad <laughs> to punt uh, another year at least before the Johnny Hecker experience ends. Are we not? No oh. question. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that was a reality that any of us wanted to reconcile with. And look, nothing against Corey Bajorquez, 
But, you know, Sean McVay says all the time, consistency is the truest measure of success, right? And right. Boho had some great punts. He had some unbelievable moments. But Johnny Hecker's track record is too much to ignore. I think if you really say that and you're about it, then this is a signal to your organization that you value it and that you're going to continue to move forward in this way. And then, oh, by the way, on the back end, to be able to spin that into some value, the extra punter that you had trading Bajorquez to the Packers and basically elevating your seventh-round pick in 2023 to a sixth-round pick, that's great. Credit Les Snead and his entire group for taking someone who was not retained by Buffalo, not messing mm-hmm. with your comp pick formula or anything, and turning that into a valuable asset, not just for the preseason when it turned out that you know Johnny Hecker had to go on the COVID list, um, but also improving your future draft hopes. I think that was really, really well navigated on special teams. No, and doubt. let me say and credit to Bajorquez as a player. I mean, right. from really making this a tough competition. I mean, we were there in Denver. You saw some of those rockets that he launched. You were like, oh boy, you know, I felt the same way you did. I want Johnny Hecker back. I love Johnny Hecker. I think Johnny Hecker is a future Hall of Famer, but this kid's got a future. So, wow, I- I'm glad that he punted himself into a situation where he actually gets the job. But I think Johnny Hecker is more than just a punter on this football team. He's a leader. Uh, This is not a guy that you want leaving your football team. You've already had too many exits to begin with, and you don't want that leadership and that ability to leave the room. So uh, credit to Johnny for for taking the deal or making this happen, uh, keeping this as an option, and credit to the team for giving him the option to stay. Because like I said, man, this, this team is built on more than just players. It's built on culture. Johnny Hecker is a part of that culture. He is that culture. So having him back is huge. It's more than just punting. And I'll, I'll say this, just on, from a football standpoint, uh, and JB, you talked about this a little bit beforehand. You want Matt Gay as comfortable on PATs yeah. as possible, right? And that's what Johnny Hecker does. He's the holder. He's the guy there. He's the one that keeps that room light when things get a little tits, right? So you want you want all that there with him. And then on top of that, when your offense does have – when it, when it has that down drive or that down you know three and out that we, we, we hope we don't see – He's the guy that's going to flip build position. Oh. And you talk about consistency. How many times have we seen the inside the 20 punts? How many times have we seen inside the 10, inside the five punts? Or a guy that rockets won 60, 70 yards, not only in Denver, but everywhere else, right? Even in mm. New York when it's humid and cold and all that stuff to change field position. So you want to make sure you, um, you know, again, you want to make sure you keep that there because there's, there's little things in the locker room. And I'll say there's little things in the locker room that people don't talk about. It's the chemistry in the locker room, the, the glue. If he's part of your nucleus, regardless of what his position is, you want to keep it there because removing him, he may take a little bit more than just punting with him. And that, and I think, DeMarco, you hit on that. Let's bring in Andrew Siciliano, who's uh, off his phone call and on between the horns. And, Andrew, just to reset a little bit, uh, here's what you missed so far. We've covered the edge position group. We've covered safety, and we just talked about special teams. And the other news item is that MJD is wearing a tie. Other than that, you're all caught up. <laughs> well, uh, sorry I'm late. Long, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. I, I get to see MJD in a tie all the time at the network when he actually comes into the network like he did a couple of weeks ago. Um, normally, though, I'm used to seeing you and Jamarcus at home. And, and where is Jamarcus? I don't. Uh, we have the cleaners here, so Jamarcus may not be around. He's probably running, knowing <laughs> wow. him. Andrew, as our guest, we want to uh, send it over to you. Send it over to you next, and you can take your pick. Here are the groups we haven't touched on yet: defensive line, inside linebacker, and corner on defense. Quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, and offensive line. The entire offense is available to you. Okay, so uh, let me let me pull out my uh, my list here. Somewhat surprised. 
Bryson Hopkins is still here. Let's go to tight end. Um, although he did come on, I think, in the last two preseason games, and and maybe just maybe there is a sign there in those last two preseason games that he, he grows into the role that they thought he would have when they took him last year in the fourth round. The Micah Kaiser one is – Hold on, Andrew. Hold on. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. I don't mean to make you take them all. Just take one position group at a time. You name the position group that that you're fascinated okay. with the decisions and walk us through it. Okay, you're saying I can't draft every position, JB. No, that's killing me. <laughs> killing me. Um, you know, that, that one does surprise me. And, and I think, and you and I, JB, talked about this after the game in Denver as we were heading to the airport. Um, you, you have some luxuries built into the roster here. And, and when you have Jacob Harris, who clearly was making the team, and just look at where he was lining up going back to May in minicamp, you knew he was going to have a prominent role. And he proved that role. Uh, he deserved that role when we saw him out there on the field in the preseason. But he's not putting his hand out and blocking many people here. So, uh, you know, you have him as kind of a luxury here as, as a tight end, but a joker, a swing player. So I, I thought that you would potentially see Bryson Hopkins moved here. He makes the team. Uh, Johnny Munt and, uh, and Tyler Higby are your clear two locks. Um, that one was a bit of a surprise for me. Uh, have I said that three times yet at tight end? I, see, I was going to go through all the positions. I just started there, but I will now shut up. There's still plenty <laughs> of opportunity left. Uh, we'll send it back to DeMarco. The floor is yours. Defar, take us somewhere else. Well, okay. Uh, can we talk about the elephant in the room with, with Bryce Perkins? He just mentioned it. Um, I don't know what you, what you do with three quarterbacks. Uh, is this a, a deal to be made later, or do you carry all three during the regular season? But like Borges, like Johnny Hacker, same thing. I'm happy for Bryce Perkins that he played his way into the NFL. He's on an opening day roster, or at least on the roster right now. He made it through final cuts. What happens from here, we don't know. But carrying three quarterbacks, I think, is very, very interesting. And look, as and I've answered this question about a thousand times since the Raider game, and definitely since Denver. I, I still don't think he's a threat to John Wolford's spot as the number two. Uh, I think it's been great. Uh, I think it's been awesome. Look, here's the difference between preseason and the regular season. Uh, and I told people this uh, right after the game. In a two-minute drill in the regular season, a defense isn't going to send a three-man rush at you. I mean, that's preseason stuff. So guys have a tendency to look better than what they really are in the preseason. But this guy played really well. He played his way, played, played his way onto the roster. But I do not think, or please stop with the nonsense of Bryce Perkins should be your number two. That is John Wolford's spot. Everybody is fine with that. So be happy for Bryce Perkins, but... He played well. He's here. But let's pump the brakes a little bit on him being the number two. So I'll say that. Yeah, there's a couple elements to that that I like. One, I think there will always be value for a Sean McVay quarterback. That system is in such demand right now. So protect that institutional knowledge that Perkins has gained through a couple of years and a couple of summers, especially now with McVay. And preserve it in case another team gets quarterback desperate down the road. It might also improve your chances if you do have to put Perkins on waivers at some point in the future. There might be a lesser chance that someone attacks that, having already solidified their quarterback room and getting into their getting into their game planning mode. And then I'll, I'll just say this too: I don't trust COVID. There, there's still nothing about me that thinks that uh, this is going to be a normal year. Put Perkins in a separate developmental bubble if necessary, um, to the extent that that's possible, so that you can hopefully avoid a situation like the Denver Broncos got into last year, where they're starting uh, Kendall Hinton. Because I, I think. In an emergency situation, Bryce Perkins is someone with this defense that can win you a game. 
Maurice, what's going on? I was kind of surprised. Go ahead, Andrew. I was going to say I was kind of surprised on on the Perkins thing. He absolutely deserved to make it with the way he played in those three games. But considering that you have to put that quarterback on your active roster, if somebody else had claimed Bryce Perkins, if he had been cut, waived, um, I don't know that that would have happened. Um, but the Rams didn't think it was worth the risk. To your point, J.B., institutional knowledge, I don't trust COVID either. And you've seen the way, look, Denver last year, obviously we were just there, had to deal with their COVID quarterback issues. So it was safer to keep him than to let him go. You look at the list, though, who on this list might have been able to be kept if you were willing to risk it with Bryce Perkins. I would have been surprised if someone said, we like Bryce Perkins so much that we are going to carry him into week one on our 53. But I guess the one thing I'll say about Bryce Perkins is let's not forget Seattle, right? Seattle is now running the Rams offense. Shane Waldron goes up there. Why wouldn't you put Bryce Perkins behind Russell Wilson? Yep. You see, so to me, I think this is a great strategic move. Uh, I think you do keep him on this roster. Again, you guys have spoke about highly about COVID. We know what can happen in certain situations. We've seen teams have outbreaks uh, last year. Even now, the Tennessee Titans are having an outbreak, right? So you just want to make sure that you have everything ready to go. But I I was more concerned of seeing you cut him and then the Seahawks or the Cardinals pick him up. And then that would make you a little bit upset because, again, you're helping out your, your competitor. Even though you don't believe in the double agent stuff. MJD, keep it uh, for a new position. You can go running back, receiver, offensive line, or D-line, inside linebacker, or corner. I'll go running back for 500, please, JB. (laughs) Um, I think there's more work to be done there. Uh, You Mm. keep three guys, which is fine. Uh, Michelle Henderson and Jake Funk, but I think there's a little bit more work there to be done. I I don't think the Rams are done there. I think they're going to try to – address it a little bit more. I always believe you got to have four guys available. Two guys should be for special teams. Then you have your your first and second down, third down guy, or your, your one-two punch, your spell guys. Um, if Let's not remember what happened in Detroit, right? Todd Gurley, they only had two on the active roster. Um, the running back that just went to Miami. I don't know why these guys – I got – Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown gets Malcolm hurt, Brown. and then Todd Gurley's the only guy you have left, right? So you got to loosen the tie, Maurice. No, it's not that. I got a lot. I got a lot going on right now. I got animals and people moving and stuff, you know. But anyways, um, I just think there's a little bit more work to be be done there, both in uh, the running game and the passing game. So I'm excited to kind of see where the Rams go. Uh, if they do claim some guys off waivers, if they go to the old veteran route, what may happen? Andrew, take us somewhere different. Uh, what's left, JB? Receiver, offensive line on the offensive side of the football, D-line. Off-ball linebacker or corner on defense? Okay, let's go wide receiver. No real surprises there. I, I would have loved if Tristan Jackson had made the team. I'm, I'm partial, obviously, for Syracuse. Maybe if there's one surprise, it's Skoranek. Um, You know, as a seventh-round pick, as a late pick, you have to ask again, does this guy get through waivers? And they didn't want to risk it. Um, I think the bigger question is, after watching Tutu get 95 targets in three games, um, you know, great to have him mic'd up, by the way, on on uh, the Rams.com there to hear him joke about that, uh, is how much do we actually see him in the offense on, on, offense on game day? Um, we're going to see him in the punt game, I think, but how much are we actually going to see him line up and do things 
um, in the offense with Matthew Stafford? That's the big question for me, at least early. Hmm. I'm with you on Skoranek. I mean, what an amazing impression he made as a seventh-round draft pick in training camp that he makes this team despite playing less than one full preseason game and not having a single target under the lights at either SoFi Stadium or a mile high. I mean, that, that really speaks to the role that he's carved out and the potential they see in him. MJD? I don't think it's for receiver. I, I Listen, Joe D. Camillus is my special teams coach when I played, and if he's a special teams demon, Joe D. is going to stand on the table for him. Yeah. So imagine mm-hmm. having him and Jacob Harris running down a gunner. Right. So a lot of these moves, you got to think of it, that third phase of the game, which we saw the Rams struggling a lot last year. They want to make sure that they have that third phase rolling. And so a lot of these guys are going to keep because of that. Yeah. I mean, it's really six and a half receivers because I think he put Jacob Harris with one foot in that room, even though the Rams uh, want to classify him as a tight end. DeMarco, back to you. D-line, inside Mm -hmm. linebacker, corner or offensive line? Uh, Well, that's an easy one. I'll go D-line. well, AD, of course, uh, the, the reigning defensive player of the year. Joseph Day, I think, has a chance to be one of the better nose tackles. I, I think he actually was last year, but he's going to ascend. I'm glad Bobby Brown made, made the team because uh, this is a young guy you need to have ready, say, week eight. Uh, he may be able to get in the mix uh, a little bit more, being that 2D. Greg Gaines is going to be here, obviously. The one that shocked me um, a little bit, Jonah Williams made the team over Eric Banks. But these two guys were going at it. I mean, play for play. They would make big plays within two plays of each other. Uh, so they knew exactly what was going on. But I've heard about Jonah Williams from the start of training camp, going through minicamp. Watch out for this guy. So uh, a little surprised that he made it there. So uh, I like the depth. Uh, as long as Ashawn Robinson can bring it and bring it like a starter. I mean, match the intensity of Aaron Donald play in and play out with Sebastian just today. I think that front line will be will be spectacular. And when you start rolling Greg Gaines, Bobby Brown, Jonah Williams through, and Michael Hoyt, uh, a guy that made the club. Michael uh, Hoyt. I think that strip sack, that front side strip sack versus Denver, I mm-hmm. mean, that solidified it. I thought he was on the team before, but that play solidified it. You should have saw that sideline. Even the veteran guys were like like, like imitating what he just did. Uh, that's a front side strip and recovery. I mean, that's Pro Bowl stuff, what you just did there. So uh, Michael Hoyt making the team, I think that is your answer uh, to not having Morgan Fox. Hmm. That's your joker, your wild card, a guy you would slide in there uh, during the middle of a game that could uh, take reps as a three technique or a backup four and beat guys because you don't know what he's going to give you. So uh, I think that interior pass for us just got a little bit better, which is great. So we talked about outside linebackers. If you fix that, uh, I think your pass rush has a chance to be special as long as AD and these frontline guys continue to be frontline starters couple of news items on the D-line. Sean McVay saying that he doesn't think Ashawn Robinson is going to need to start the year on short-term IR. That's a great uh, indicator. Unfortunate also, I wanted to note that drafted rookie Ernest Brown the fourth couldn't find a role initially on this team. Perhaps as a practice squad candidate, he might be able to grow into one. All right, uh, our list is getting a little bit short. Let's keep it moving. Uh, MJD, inside linebacker, corner, or O-line? Uh, I'll go corner. Uh, very surprised to just keep four guys. Um, I mean, that's that again, that speaks to the versatility of your safeties, I guess, in that situation. Uh, but obviously, Jalen Ramsey is Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams, what he did last year, he needs to build off that and keep going. Um, you have Nick, uh, Nick Long or David Long, excuse me, David Long from yeah. Michigan. He's going to need to pick it up a little bit. Then you have your rookie 
And so that's awesome. I think that's good, Rochelle. I think he, he showed a, a, a tremendous amount of promise in those practices, more though, more so than the games. Obviously, he's a drafted guy, so you're going to keep him. But, you know, that's, that's, a, that's not a lot of corners to have in a game where, you know, guys get nicked up and banged up. Yeah, Maurice, Who would you attack, Dante or Bronte? Dante Dion or Bronte Harris? Uh, Dante Dion, I thought was would it should have been the one to make it. Yeah, he always seems to be uh, pick number fifty-five, doesn't he? Like always, oh, right yeah. on that roster bubble. And I would be shocked if he plays this year. If he dresses for someone, be it the Rams or one of the other thirty-one teams. MJD, we know you have to get to your day job. We'll let you drop off, and uh, Andrew Demarco and I will finish it the rest of the way. Thank you, guys. I'll see you later. Bye, Ty. Andrew, I'll pass the baton back to you. Uh, offensive line or inside linebacker as we finish? Um, I'll go I'll go inside linebacker here. Um, where I was going for when I just tried to take everything on the menu. Uh, I, Micah Kaiser is a guy that obviously has had a hard time staying healthy, but he's a darn good football player here. And I know Sean said that they would love to have him back um, if no one claims him. But, uh, you know, I have a hard time thinking that no one's going to jump on Micah Kaiser, but it really does speak to how well Ernest Jones has played. And, you know, part of me was joking a couple of weeks ago that in that first game at SoFi, Raheem Morris might have intentionally hit the wrong button on the opening drive to throw Ernest Jones in the water to see if he could swim without getting the play calls in his helmet. Um, it wasn't intentional. It was actually just a legitimate mistake from a guy who's also a rookie in the building. Um, but he has played that well. He has handled the green dot well. And uh, that's why a guy like Micah Kaiser is expendable. Also, Trayvon Howard coming back from injury is huge. Uh, Jake Gervas obviously rarely came off the field in the preseason, but that was an uphill climb for a guy changing positions here. But give him credit for uh, always being around the ball and, and, and really being a survivor here through multiple camps. Yeah, well said, Andrew. Let me follow up on that, DeMarco, with um... – Maybe the untold story of the Rams summer so far, and that is their quiet confidence in Kenny Young and Troy Reader, don't you think? Like, we, we haven't touched on that much. Entrenched starters, it seems, in a way that I did not anticipate. You know, I, I had a, a brief conversation with a, a few coaches, and the first two guys they mentioned were actually those two guys, especially Reader, and how well they're playing, how well they're picking stuff up, how 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 much they're, they're growing into their leadership roles. But, yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about them at all this preseason. And I remember all last season, about this time last year, these were big question marks. You know, I mean, like this could be the, the, the reason why you don't make the playoffs. Remember that going into 2020? And here we are, 2021. These guys are established guys that really don't have to compete for their gigs. Um, so I think that's great. Um, I think the depth is good. I feel bad for Micah Kaiser, but – uh, you're only as good as your next play and your best ability on this football team is definitely availability. So uh, you've heard the old adage, you can't make the club in the tub. So I think you spent just one extra day too many in that tub and they feel like they can't trust you. And you might as well get started with Ernest, with Ernest Jones. Really. Um, it's not like new England and, 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 and uh, Cam Newton. I'm not sure what actually went on there, but if you draft a guy to be your future, you might as well get started getting them in there so same with him uh eventually he's going to be your guy i'm going to like him this year and love him next year so you might as well let him get the reps there but uh, it's just a shame like like andrew said micah kaiser is a good player but this is the what have you done for me lately league and there's not enough lately there for micah kaiser 
All right, then I'll round it out with a word on the offensive line and let you guys react one at a time. Not much to report here, right? Like A.J. Jackson, college free agent from Iowa, makes it. Uh, that's notable. The Rams have said all along, though, that they trust this group and they didn't draft it. Uh, they didn't address it in free agency. Other than the, the midsummer change at center with Brian Allen pushing Bobby Evans down the depth chart, this is kind of status quo. Uh, two news items. Tremaine Ancrum might be headed for injured reserve, which would free up a roster spot. Um, Coleman Shelton placed on reserve COVID today, so his spot not necessarily counting against the number of 53 for the time being. But Andrew and DeMarco, like, fascinating that we finish on offensive line that none of us thought it was compelling enough to talk about until the very end because the Rams kind of left let it be this offseason and trusted that it would sort itself out. And yet I feel like it's the position group that the Rams season hinges on more than any other. Go ahead, Drew. Yeah, yeah I mean – Andrew Whitworth's going to be 40 in December. Um, I think he could play forever, but he's still going to be 40 in December. And the health of this line, JB, you're totally right, uh, is going to go a long way into determining this team's future. Everyone wants to talk about Matthew Stafford. It's the low-hanging fruit. It's the shiny object for the TV talking heads here. But protecting Matthew Stafford is a huge part of that equation and how this group does that. Um, you know, the, honestly, I, one of the biggest stories in camp happened three weeks ago, but it, it seems like old news by now. And that's Brian Allen seemingly uh, coming back from the dead, figuratively speaking, on this <laughs> roster and this depth chart and winning the starting center job. Um, you know, assuming Coleman Shelton is OK and he comes off the COVID list, um, it, it sure sounded like he's your number two option at center. Um, if that's the case, they're going to have to make another move because the impression I got talking to people um, the last few weeks is that if something were to happen to Brian Allen, they'd prefer to have a number two center rather than moving Austin Corbett back to center and therefore affecting two positions, you'd have to find a right guard. But uh, I'm with you. Um, this, this group uh, isn't the sexiest group here. It's the group we didn't talk about much, I know, on our tele uh, television broadcast but it's a group that could really swing the season uh totally 100 percent agree and i hate to put this on the guy but brian allen is the key to the whole year you've got to stay healthy i'm not surprised about him being the starter he was going to be until he got hurt anyway uh remember when he and Noteboom were going to start and then they both got hurt so uh these are guys that they they count on they know it's just the health is an issue so if brian allen stays healthy I think the offensive line has a chance to do what they did a few years ago. Keep the same starting five throughout the entire year. You do that, you've got some uh, you've got some success there. I, I, like you said, Witt turning 40, but looking at him, you would never know. But in case something happens to him, Joe Noteboom, I think, is perfect for the swing tackle. He can play just about anything on the out, offensive line, save for center. So I think Boom floating around trying to find a spot, backing up Whitworth, uh, is going to pay dividends there. But Brian Allen, to me, if you can stay on the field, stay healthy, stay tough, and stay out there long enough, I think you have a chance to keep this this O-line together and, and gel together, which will keep Matt Stafford upright, which will make things you know great for the offense. DeMarco, appreciate you always. Andrew, I love this time of year because we get to hang out with you more regularly. Have a great season Thank on you. your side Thank of the equation. You. Thank you. Um, it was great the last month to hang with you guys. It's always um, I'm always flattered how you guys welcome me back as I uh, then go AWOL for the next 11 months. So thank you to both of you <laughs> for uh, making me feel at home. And again, sorry, guys, that I was late.
Oh, God. Andrew, Come on. Andrew's never AWOL. He's always got uh, a pulse of the Rams. Uh, thank you all for tuning in this week to Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers, proud partner of the LA Rams. There are still single-game tickets available for the home opener at SoFi Stadium September the 12th against the Chicago Bears. It's Sunday night football, and we hope you will join us in Inglewood. Just go to therams.com slash tickets, therams.com slash tickets to purchase yours today. The initial 53-man roster is set. Many more changes to come. Surely keep it on therams.com for all the latest. Have a good rest of your day.